What's up, everyone? This is a Major Motion Podcast, episode 26. We are reviewing Scream today. I, It's Scream, but it's Scream 5. But Scream 5. The title is Scream. But the, the V in the M shape is a little bit deeper. So it's like oh. Roman numerals. <laughs> so I see what they're what they were doing there but it's scream but it's scream five so that's what we're reviewing today you know dip back into the horror scene i am nick you can follow me on twitter at natural Zace. he is fox you can follow him on twitter at fox film fanatic and the show of course at major motion cast fox how are you doing how i you're you know a big scream fan you have a ghost face tattoo yes. uh yes, sir. How, how are you feeling heading to just like general thoughts about the franchise and kind of just, you know, the, the post, the post of viewing vibes from uh scream five. Yeah. The, I always appreciate just to keep it simple. I appreciate the commentary that mm-hmm. this franchise always seems to touch on. It's different. Yeah. It, it, it's, they touch similar things on each film, but still they, they, they mention different things that are relevant to the time. And, and, and this one does, exactly what you expect and and what we know and it does it touches on a lot of the relevant stuff that we experience in horror genres and in movie culture itself so i'm excited to 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 get the conversation going about it yeah i, I mean, also I, I would also for for the for the title scream I, they could have called it five like five cream <laughs> like six yeah, lakh put the, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah six lakh and five cream <laughs> they missed the opportunity but it makes sense <laughs> yeah it does make sense um yeah and i'm kind of excited to talk about it because i remember seeing scream when i was way too young to see scream like you know yeah. way little and I remember seeing Ghostface on TV and let, that was being enough for me. I'm like, all right, peace out. I'm out. And then I had seen the the first one, you know, a few years ago. But then I watched all of them, one through four, before I saw five. S cream uh, yeah. or five cream. Sorry, five, <laughs> five cream. Five cream. Um, so, like, I, I'm kind of approaching it a different way. Like, I guess similar to how I saw Matrix or, like, how I reviewed Matrix, I guess, without all mm-hmm. the questions. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel very, uh, like, not woke, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I'm just approaching it from a different perspective because I yeah. picked up on, like, the the commentary. You're aware. And yeah, yeah. I'm just more aware, basically, uh, you yeah. know, seeing these movies for the first time, but as an adult. So yeah, uh, yeah and it's I, interesting I, for for these movies too. It's like you can enjoy these on the on the first like watch, but sometimes you watch this a couple of times. You, know, you pick you up watch more. each of these movies a couple. Yeah, you pick up a lot uh, a lot of things you missed earlier, or things make more sense now in terms of you know whatever they're talking about. But yeah, it's it's the, it's those kinds. It's that type of movie where you know you can enjoy it on the first on the first run, but then when you go back and revisit, you're like, oh shit, I didn't that makes a lot it connects more a little bit and that and that's the fun of these these franchises and it's one of the main reasons why it's it has such a huge uh, fan base because of of how rewatchable it can be right and it's certainly not unique in the fact that it's uh a kind of rebooted property after all this time granted there was like yeah. a 2011 one and that's a little bit more recent than you know some of the gaps between like Candyman and, and some of the other like reboot requels that you yeah. know if they call them like it uh, <laughs> right exactly but you know it, it is kind of unique 
in the way it approaches it. And we'll talk about that as we, you know, actually dive into the review. But I am right. kind of like genuinely excited to talk about this, even though like we've done horror a few times already. Not that we mm-hmm. can't ever revisit horror. Like there's plenty to talk about within the horror genre. But like I am kind of genuinely excited to talk about because the Scream franchise is kind of a unique horror genre or like horror it takes up a a unique space within the horror genre so right absolutely we kind of approach this review in a different way like as opposed to malignant or uh halloween or any of the other ones Mm -hmm. we've done so yeah i'm definitely excited um but what else is going on you you watch anything over the weekend any shows any movies anything like that you know what i just finished um true story with kevin hart and oh how was it it was actually really good. Only seven episodes, 30, 35, 36 minutes or whatever. And it's real quick, but it's it's a it's a good watch. It's it's a it's a solid story. It, it's it's efficient. And, you know, there's twists and turns and it's it's a it's a wild ride. It's a good it's a good show. And I'm I'm, I'm impressed with Kevin because, you know, it's a more dramatic show, too. It's a darker show. It's a criminal story. It's a it's a it's a it's a crime story. It's a drama story. It's a little bit comedic, but it's so focused and have and, and like heavily dramatic and serious that you're like, oh, OK, I like I like I like where this is going. And Kevin doesn't come off as like, uh, you know, it doesn't seem forced. It seems natural, even though he's a comedian, like but it's really good. Right. Yeah. Nothing really slapstick. You're just like, oh, shit, this is what we're doing. And it, yeah, you like after the, the first episode kind of takes off then the second one, it just it keeps going. You'll if if you like crime and you like mystery or whatever and you got the time, it's only seven episodes, 30 minutes or so. And this is a good one to watch. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch because I remember you talking about I believe uh, you talked about it in like trailer talk or one of our TNT um, yeah and i didn't even finish it i started <laughs> yeah but you, you talked about it and i was like oh that seems like something i want to watch it's i don't know what it is because we you know i've said a bunch like january's notoriously a dead month and there's not a ton of like movies coming out because like we got scream but scream's really going to be it for the month of january like you know beginning yeah. and it's really just scream but like it seems like there's a lot of shows going on right now whether they just hit Netflix or coming or not necessarily Netflix, but just hit streaming or they're coming soon, like Peacemaker, Boba Fett, uh, you know, uh, True Story. Um, you know, I'll talk about a couple other shows that are coming like really soon. It's just like, I don't know, maybe this is intentional because it is a, a notoriously slow month for movies that the TV shows kind of step in and try to garner some attention. Yeah. But it's like all of a sudden I'm fucking behind on all this the shit I need to watch <laughs> on top of like being behind on the movies I want to go see too. But right, right. That, that's definitely on my list. Um, I was, what did I, I watched something over the weekend. Now I can't remember. I remember there, there's a show that I did watch that I'll talk about, you know, in our TNT segment that I, I will discuss. Uh, haven't seen the new episode of Boba Fett, you know, today for anyone that's been watching Boba Fett. I heard it was really good. Um, so there's that. I talked about Peacemaker last week, but, you know, Peacemaker, if you're listening to this, the fourth episode of Peacemaker uh, will be on HBO Max um, on Thursday. So the 20th. So I'm excited to see that. I, again, I talked about it, but I was really pleasantly surprised after the, the first three and how interested I was. And, and yeah, I think James Gunn is just. He's kind of earning the right if he didn't have it already to just do whatever he wants. And I think, you know, the same way 
Matt Reeves is doing the Batman kind of separate from the, you know, pile of shit that DC's going with their movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Gunn should be allowed to do something separate from, you know, the, the pile of shit as well, like with Peacemaker and Suicide Squad and just do these kind of uh, off the wall, quirky shows, movies, whatever, because he, he has a style and it just works. So have yeah. you watched Peacemaker yet? Yeah, Peacemaker. I did watch it. Uh watched it probably Saturday or something. And I was like, oh, yeah. This is I've got way more interested in the character and the storyline of Peacemaker than I did when he was in the movie. So that's a good thing. Yeah. And John Cena's like we talked about his acting chops like blockers and, you know, some of those <laughs> other movies um, yeah. that you're like, he's actually kind of funny. But yeah. like this, you're you're like, it's it, obviously we saw him in, in uh, the Suicide Squad. But like this, you're like, John Cena can fucking do this. Like he can yeah. be you know this kind of actor and fill that kind of role in, in movies like he, he's not he, he's not good as jacob toretto but <laughs> like he, he can do this and he can do this at a very high level because I, i'm just like very entertained by him so yeah there's a presence to him that you just like you enjoy seeing on screen oh yeah absolutely and it's just he's, his delivery is good and that's like <laughs> So I, I, don't know, I, I I genuinely wonder if we're going to see more of that from kind of like WWE and wrestling, because that's a performance and like with the rock and, and John Cena uh, stone mm-hmm. cold to Austin didn't really get into it as much. Like he was in a couple like smaller role. Like I remember him in yeah. ups too and like shit like that, but I, I've I seen wonder... him in one movie called the condemned. That was like kind of decent. Oh yeah. That, that's right. And I think was he in an expendables or some shit, but uh maybe I don't but anyways like because you know they're you know those three that i mentioned specifically the rock and john cedar they're kind of like past yeah. the, their their wwe career the the people that are in their wwe primes i wonder because that area is still so massive like the wwe fans are still so loyal and like it's on every friday night with smackdown and, and stuff like that but i i just wonder if we'll get any more graduates from there same way like people you know, comedians kind of go on like SNL, maybe not as much. Anymore. Right. They yeah. use SNL as a kind of a, a, a platform to jump into mm-hmm. movies or TV shows or whatever. WWE. I wonder if they become a thing where it's like, all right, I'm done with WWE. <laughs> maybe I go into acting. Like, I, I'm just genuinely curious because yeah. th- they can do this kind of like performance. And it is sometimes a little bit campy. And I'm not saying they're all going to be like, academy award-winning actors but it is kind of cool to see like all right they they're pretty versatile and multifaceted and what they can do it's not just like uh you know these elaborate stunts because you know wwe Mm -hmm. is just a bunch of stunts not that they're not athletes i'm not trying to belittle it or anything but it's a bunch of stunts and you know it's just cool to see that they do more than just stunts they do legitimate acting and you know performances as well so it's kind of cool to see that evolution at least in, in, in my eyes so just, yeah i think uh what's his name uh roman reigns might be next yeah i mean he, he's kind roman of the big the name right up. now I, I don't know i i don't watch smackdown or anything like that so i, I don't know me neither <laughs> you know his uh persona or like who he is not that he can't you know pivot at all ever but uh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I know that's the big name right now so i'm sure we'll see him fuck they're making another expendable so who, who knows maybe he might be oh, in yeah. that 
So, he was in Hobbs and Shaw, so that's probably I don't even know if that was his first movie or not. Roman but, Roman Reigns was. Yeah, he was huh. one of the. I've the only bro- seen Hobbs and Shaw siblings once, or whatever. So what was? Uh, I guess that would make sense. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it was like towards the end. Gotcha. Yeah, that would make sense. But yeah, I was just curious because I mean, Peacemaker is just really good, and John Cena is really good, and the supporting cast is really the. Uh, I don't know her name off the top of my head, but she was the, the one that was in Orange is the New Black. She's kind of like, oh, yeah, she's uh, funny. Yeah, she, she <laughs> like not your expected casting in that show, but <laughs> right. like still fits, you know, so seamlessly. It's just it's just really well done. And like James Gunn is quirky and his product comes off quirky. But I, I like it. I mean, the Guardians movies are extremely quirky, but like that's why people love them. They don't feel like your typical Marvel movie. They were kind of the non-Marvel movies before now, like Eternals and, um, you know, the other kind of non-Marvel movies that were content that we're getting. So I all this just to say I'm a big James Gunn fan and I hope he continues to do stuff within the superhero realm uh, because it seems like Marvel, after Guardians 3, he's kind of done with Marvel, which, you know, that's a whole separate conversation, but yeah. All right, let's get into TNT. Obviously, talk about our trailers, news, and trends. Uh, trailer I want to talk about. Obviously, you, you guys know me at this point. I am a big Marvel fan. The big Marvel trailer that came out of half t- during halftime of Monday Night Football was the Moon Knight trailer. We have been waiting for this for a while. For a little bit there, you know, post uh, Hawkeye, post release of spider-man no way home we didn't know what was going to be next if we weren't going to get anything till uh multiverse of madness in may or if we were going to get another um marvel show in that time uh and if we did get a marvel show what show was going to be because initially i think it was supposed to be miss marvel and then there was talks about it being um you know another show but anyways moon knight confirmed coming out march 30th the trailer didn't show a ton, but more than it did at the last uh, panel or convention that Disney did, where it was just like one or two scenes. We see a little bit more. We see better looks of Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight and the kind of split personality. Um, for those that don't know Moon, Knight, Moon Knight's backstory, I just describe him as a fucked up Batman, like a very dark and twisted Batman. Granted, Batman has certain storylines that are dark and twisted, but the uh, backstory of Moon Knight is he's like a former U.S. Marine who suffers from a dissociative identity disorder or, you know, formerly multi, multiple personality disorder. So uh, his character in the comics has like four different personas. Like one, he's like kind of uh, like a, a nerd. Another one, he's like this gruff taxi driver. Uh, one of them is technically like Moon Knight, like the the power got like Moon Knight gets his power from one of the the moon god and whatnot but anyways he's kind of like a fucked up batman so he's dealing with his different personalities and and you know obviously these powers and the gods trying to control him because it's not like a benevolent god either it's like a a kind of a god that's trying to use um mark specter's moon knight's uh real name or whatever but the god's trying to use mark specter to just like do his will do his dirty work and, and whatnot so it's like this real dark and twisted 
uh, storyline that we haven't really seen yet. And it's been reported that Multiverse of Madness is going to be like R-rated. It's going to be Marvel's first horror film. And obviously Sam Raimi directing, he's done plenty of horror. So I, I hope it kind of leans more towards the horror because, again, I'm all for Marvel trying to do something different after 28 movies at this point. Um, yeah. But it does seem like Moon Knight might be the perfect ramp up to something different because, uh, you know, it is going to be very dark and twisted. And if we're getting dark and twisted with a show right into a dark and twisted movie with Doctor Strange 2, like that, that'd be, you know, a, a perfect segue. And if, you know, people have done the math already, the uh, premiere date's March 30th. Doctor Strange 2 comes out May 6th. If you release two episodes week one, then obviously you have four episodes remaining. The uh, Moon Knight finale would be one week before Multiverse of Madness, which, you know, would time up right. Uh, For those that don't remember, the Hawkeye finale was the Wednesday after the Friday premiere of No Way Home. So it would time up right. But also uh, for Star Wars fans, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series would start May 4th. And obviously May the 4th be with you. That's like a big thing. So and that happens to fall on a Wednesday, which is Disney's day for releases. So people think that's kind of the, the lineup uh, for that. But back to the trailer. Looked really good. We got good looks at Oscar Isaac. Like I said, Ethan Hawke is uh, his character's name is Arthur Harrow, which is a kind of villain or foe of Mark Spector in the comics. People think he's going to be the Sun Sun King, which is like a direct adversary to Moon Knight. So obviously sun and moon like they're clashing and just like mark specter gets his powers from a moon god uh ethan hawk or arthur harrow not in the comics but ethan hawk's character would get his powers from the sun king or sun god or whatever don't know the exact specifics and uh we see a a scene of werewolf by night um moon knight's beating the shit out of him but that is a villain of moon knight in the comics as well he's actually going to be played by uh Gail Garcia Barnal, who was in old, um, he, he was the, the father in old yeah. for anyone who watched that movie or sat with us during that review. Um, but all this is just say looks good, looks twisted. The use of Kid Cuddy's Day and Night as the song in that trailer, fucking excellent. And I think this looks really good. Again, I, I'm, I'll wrap this up by saying, like, I'm all for something different. You know, give me something different, even if it's if it's like a risk. If, he, if yeah. you know, the management team at Marvel says this is kind of a risk, I don't care. Like, give it to me because we need to do something different. Moon Knight is out there with, like, you know, the backstory and what you're going to need to tell and show. And obviously it's much darker, but, like, that's kind of what you need at this point. You need something different. We can't have more of, oh, normal guy takes serum, either becomes really good or really <laughs> bad. Like, we can't do that anymore. Yeah. So you kind of do need to get wacky. So I'm all for this. Uh, I'm very excited for Moon Knight. Um, what were your thoughts on the trailer? Yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, Moon Knight um, on the small screens. It's not the big screen, but hopefully he might get there at some point. But yeah, I'm, I love Oscar Isaac. I think he's a great actor. I love the accent. I don't even, where, is this guy American? I don't know where he's from. Cause we might, he might be another Benedict Wong where you're like, oh, he's British or something. Yeah. I'm but, not uh, sure. He, he did come <laughs> out and say, because he's playing like four different personalities that he changes his voice for. So that way the audience can differentiate what personality he is. 
because his physical okay. appearance is, isn't going to change. So the voice you heard in the trailer is the Mark Spector voice. Um, and that's going to be like his main one. But I assume if he changes in, I think one's he's Mark Spector, but another personality, I think he goes by like Steve and Greg or something. He'll probably do. Yeah, so Steve, so, for so that. that, so that, so the guy he is in the trailer though, he is, he's Steven. Cause the girl calls him Steven or, and he's like, why are you calling oh, him Mark? So sorry. Almost, Mix that up. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I had that backwards. Yeah, good. So I'm assuming, like, but like I said, I, so I love the accent that he's using. That's really where I was headed. But um, yeah, and the fact that you just brought up the, that he's he's going to have multiple personalities, uh, I like to see actors kind of, you know, show off their acting chops by you know doing different voices or sh- having different personalities. So I think that'll be fun to see because I loved when I saw James McAvoy do that in Split, and that was one of the greatest performances mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, in the last decade or so super underrated actor just absolutely yeah there yeah definitely and i think oscar isaac you could say the same thing about him he's i think he's underrated too at this point um but yeah super super excited for uh moon knight i think the only thing i would have a problem with is hopefully the cgi looks a little bit better (laughs) yeah i'm glad you mentioned that because i noticed that too yeah hopefully they polish that up or something or but yeah i mean and i do hope they go the darker route i hope you know it gives gives that brutality of the the characters of this character um we do need something to reinvigorate the whole universe and i hope that and granted you know eternals kind of did it uh wanda even wandavision did it loki mm-hmm. all the tv shows i think have sort of shifted the 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 whole universe just a little bit in in, in terms of doing something a little different so i think we're on the right track and i hope they keep that going with moon knight yeah I definitely agree. And, you know, with the CGI, like I wasn't overly concerned because they it was the last Monday night football game of the year. Uh, I would assume they're probably doing another one during the Super Bowl or maybe one for Multiverse of Madness. Um, But they wanted to obviously get all of the eyeballs on the trailer during Monday night football. So it's probably a little bit earlier than they might have wanted in a typical timeline. Um, But also it was a first trailer and it's two and a half months until um until the release so that's two and a half months of post-production that they can clean up the cgi so i'm not all that concerned yeah same yeah what's your trailer oh oh, yeah oh good sorry one more thing um god damn it i just literally forgot i was like oh shit i have to interrupt him and then i forgot all right sorry go ahead what's your what's your trailer Uh, my trailer is The Fallout, which uh, premieres on HBO Max, what, next Friday or something? The 27th. Yeah, so January 27th. A, January... a week from today, if you're listening. Ah, right. Yeah, exactly. So January 27th, you'll be able to watch this movie called The Fallout, which stars Jenny, uh, Jenna Ortega, who happens to be in the movie we're reviewing, Scream. And basically, the over, uh, overall synopsis is a high schooler named Veda and uh, navigates the emotional fallout she experiences in the wake of a school shooting. So re- relationships with her family, friends and view on the world are ultimately forever altered. And it looks like a really good movie. It looks and of course, you know, dealing with school shooting, it's going to be a little traumatic, especially if you've been mm-hmm. a part of that. But the story, I think it doesn't seem to give too much away, which I appreciate, but I think it'll be a good movie. It's already premiered at a, a festival, a couple festivals last year, and it's getting rave reviews, positive uh, uh, reception. And I think uh, it'll be a good one. And I like I like Jenna Ortega, especially after seeing her in Scream. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, her career sort of take off because she, she did really good in Scream and she looks really great in this movie as well. 
just a connective tissue here. Jenna Ortega was a small role, but uh, she played uh, a role in Iron Man 3. So she has some MCU roots. Oh, yes. As well. I mean, Grant, she, yeah. Chances are, if you're an actor, you probably have <laughs> connections to the MCU at this point. Right. Um, but I mentioned with Moon Knight, I, I remember what I was going to say. I, all I was going to say is Moon Knight, great poster. And I was oh, yeah, a yeah. little bit worried because after the all the trouble with the No Way Home posters and how terrible those were, a little bit worried we would get off track. <laughs> Multiverse Madness poster looked great. Moon Knight tra- poster looked great as well. Um, but with the Fallout trailer, I, I talked about with Moon Knight how I love the use of day and night, um, you know, and the mm-hmm. music. The the music in this, it's a Billie Eilish song. I can't remember exactly the name of the song. Um, but the use well, of her that brother is actually the composer. Really? Yeah, he's composed. Phineas, oh. composer. Oh, interesting. Uh, I I didn't know that. Um, but uh, yeah, like the the use of that song in this trailer just obviously uh, I'm not like breaking news here, but uh, a soundtrack, a song, anything can really elevate a a, a movie, a trailer, yeah. a product, and that you know it's something I like actively noticed in this trailer. It's like fuck, like I am, you know, kind of getting goosebumps. I, you know, yeah. this is obviously a very um, touchy and, and you know potentially triggering and traumatic topic that they're going to cover in a movie uh, yeah. but like it seems like they're going to do it in a um, you know a careful way and, and not be too overly triggering or, or, or anything like that um, I, I agree with you like after seeing Jenna Ortega in Scream I'm definitely you know like intrigued by this and you know, just as like before I saw the trailer, that is like, I'm definitely intrigued. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, she's another leading role for her. I was like, okay, right. like, like, all right, this is someone I need to watch kind of deal. Right. So um, yeah, I will definitely be watching this. I don't know if I'll watch it on a release day. Cause it's kind of seeming like one of those movies you have to be in the right mood for. Um, oh yeah. That's true. Too. <laughs> but I, I definitely will watch it. And it good runtime too. It's only an hour and 32 minutes. So it's like it's not oh, yeah. going to be super dragged out or anything like that. Like I, I feel like that's kind of a good amount of time to be a movie, but also not, you know, add fluff for the sake of like runtime either. Like I yeah. think that's especially with a concept, a concept right. like this. <laughs> that should be two and a half hours. Yeah, God, that can you imagine? It's just <laughs> that that would be brutal. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm pretty you know excited for this, and I'll, I'll definitely. Give it a watch. Directed by Megan Park. I'm not too familiar with her. Let's see. Um, oh, she did your favorite movie or was in your favorite movie, uh, Central Intelligence. Uh. <laughs> I did that. That take you out of it. <laughs> uh, that's like as long as she just was in it, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, she was just in it. Uh, this. Yeah uh is actually her directorial debut she's done like shorts and videos and stuff but this is her directorial debut so that's pretty cool i mean hot start because the reviews like you yeah. said already kind of come oh yeah in, so yeah definitely yeah to have your to debut this. be like that critically acclaimed already yeah you're on Bro. a good start <laughs> that's that's why I, i've talked about him before like but like taylor sheridan like fucking uh, three yeah. bangers yeah. with neo-western with uh sicario Hell or high water and um wind river like holy shit 
Like, I probably quit like, after my first one. Yeah, I, I'm fucking <laughs> done. <laughs> like, I don't know if uh, that you can like top that. That's such a hot star. Granted, he's kind of cooled off a little bit. Not that he's washed, yeah. but uh, yeah, imagine like just starting with an absolute banger. Yeah, what a life. Um, speaking of cooling off and <laughs> going the absolute wrong way, uh, my bit of news is something we haven't really talked about. Uh, on the show which is surprising considering how much we talk like marvel and superheroes and stuff but that's joss whedon we've alluded to him and just kind of like shit on him but for those that might not know the background um notoriously difficult to work with granted like there there are directors in hollywood that are difficult to deal with but can still put out you know, good stuff, and they still can have working relationships with cast and crew and whatnot. Uh, at this point, however, Joss Whedon it has gone beyond that and can't work with anyone. Uh, but anyways, the, the story is, you know, so Zack Snyder had to drop out of Justice League originally due to personal reasons and, and whatnot. So Joss Whedon took over basically completely altered Snyder's vision for the movie which uh, you know to an extent it is his prerogative because it's now his movie and you know he wasn't brought in to finish Snyder's movie he was brought in to do his own so whatever it is what it is he had done Avengers he had done Avengers of Age of Ultron so he had the experience this was DC's first real ensemble movie so again it is what it is but uh, just the horror stories that have come out from the cast specifically and specifically Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg, um, just the uh, basically Joss Whedon was just like an asshole. And, you know, Ray Fisher has been very outspoken for uh, uh, on him for years. Obviously, everyone knows now that uh, Zack Snyder got to finish his kind of view for Justice League with the Snyder cut. Um, it was at least in my mind, like it wasn't necessarily a finished product. It was just kind of like, here's everything. Like, here's what I pictured for this. And that's why it was four hours as opposed to like two and a half like a, or two that it should have been. Zack Snyder is just kind of saying like, this is what I envisioned. Effectively, we've got like a director's cut. This is why, what I envisioned. And it was miles and miles and miles better than what Joss Whedon put out. And you could see Snyder's vision uh, was the correct way <laughs> basically and, and i you know have said art is subjective movies are subjective da, 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 da. this was one of the clear uh <laughs> more clear uh right and wrong situations with the snyder cut versus the original justice league but anyways like you know ray fisher had, had really spoken out against him um uh, i didn't do too much background into it but i you know didn't have a hard time believe it there's now like abuse allegations against joss whedon and whatnot but anyways, the, the, the news and why it came up again after all this time, because Snyder Cut almost came out a year ago at this point, Joss Whedon did an interview with, I don't, who was it with? Do you remember? Is it New York Times? Uh, yeah, New York Times. Okay, New York Times. Oh, yeah, I think so. yeah, it was New York Times. Cue <laughs> uh, up your, your memes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did an interview on MLK Day. So, you know, take that. Uh, as you will, <laughs> as you may, did an interview on MLK Day just uh, firing back. <laughs> uh, said that Ray Fisher is a terrible actor and then, uh, you know, it was possible to work with. And that's why he cut down cyborg scenes 
uh, story said, didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, said that Gal Gadot uh, English wasn't her first language, so she didn't understand him. Uh, said that the cast was just he couldn't work with them. Um, it, it just over and over and over again, trying to defend himself in weird ways, saying like, uh, I can't remember. He tried to defend uh like the abuse allegation saying he i don't know it was just like a fucking so out of touch interview and obviously you know gal Gadot t- chimed in and i'm sure everyone else has chimed in but for the the sake of this new segment it is kind of like ray fisher versus joss whedon because you know they're the most outspoken about it <laughs> ray, ray, I like you could uh you feel ray fisher's response on twitter and he even said, he's like, I am not doing this on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, but he addressed it, the, you know, the, 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 the day after and basically just dunked on Joss Whedon. And not that, you know, Joss Whedon had legs to stand on to begin with in his argument. But it's just a, a complete joke. Like, I, I just don't know how this guy ever gets a job again. I, I think it's to, especially with the abuse allegations. And I, I haven't, like I said, gone into too much research uh, about what the allegations are and if there's criminal charges or anything like that i would assume not if he's you know doing public interviews with the new york times um but i i just i I don't know what the purpose of that was like the timing of it both on mlk day and uh basically a year after the snyder 11 months after the snyder cut aired like if this was a month after the snyder cut you're like okay that that's one thing but 11 months later on mlk day after we've seen the movie and it's widely more appreciated than his version of justice league we all see that ray fisher is like the heart and soul of the snyder cut as intended we see that he's a good actor and you know it it does come off like it's racially motivated because he attacks uh ray fisher and gal gadot specifically so it's just like like what you know what is this like he didn't go after henry cavill he didn't who wasn't particularly strong in the first justice league he didn't go after ben affleck who i don't think he ever wanted to be there like he went after (laughs) ray fisher and gal gadot specifically so it's just like yeah like how it's just bizarre because again he did the first avengers which is generally a pretty universally top 10 marvel movie he did age of ultron which i honestly like and it's not as like clean and tidy as the other marvel movies but you know i I, i'm just saying like his the the talent and the ability was there but like how the fuck does you know this i guess people show their colors sooner rather than later or at some point yeah jesus christ like what a fucking idiot yeah this man was having problems since Back when he was doing Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, oh, yeah, I didn't even touch on that. Yeah. We should have known back then. Yeah. If people uh, show you who they are, I guess you have to like let them, whatever that saying is. But yeah, believe them. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And it's, uh, it sucks because he's got some good stuff I like. And I'm like, ugh. Right. It's just like, uh, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not like, defending him but it's just like fuck like yeah. the ability it was there just don't be racist don't be an asshole like <laughs> please fucking, like just yeah. is it you know uh whatever but it is weird just, though i mean like just based like seeing some of the stuff that you know twitter and, and the internet points out about some of the things he puts in his movies 
like the sort of sexist kind of things or the real misogynistic type of framing of his camera shots and shit like that. I'm like, yeah, this guy is a fucking perv. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I can't remember what the real scene was, but he deleted like a pivotal scene with the flash um, and replaced it with the flash falling on Wonder Woman's boobs. Like that's a real yeah, scene. In his, and then, oh, he also cut the flashes, uh, like all the scenes with Iris West and um Oh, and the intimate scenes with uh, uh, Cyborg and his father, like he cut the minority scene. Like it was just pretty much like it's just fucking bro. Like (laughs) the evidence, this is all just say like the evidence is fucking there in the Snyder cut. We all saw it and there's no defense. But here he is still speaking to the New York Times like he's a victim. It's just fucking wild news story that came out and timing like i said yeah but what's your news let's move on from fucking asshole. yeah 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 we'll do that uh i got um I just announced well i guess yesterday depending on when you're listening to this <laughs> but yeah the news is that robert pattinson and bong joon ho are teaming up for yep. their next movie um looks like it's based on uh a sci-fi novel called Mickey seven written by Edward Ashton. And it's set in the future and centered on this disposable employee sent on a human expedition to colonize this ice world called Nilfheim. And, uh, and his Mickey seven is the, the name of his character is enlisted for the job, given his ability to have a new body regenerated. Should he die with most of his memories intact? So this is, uh, another what uh, I guess a futuristic style, movie for him because he did snow piercer which was kind of a dystopian futuristic setting and uh we're all we're, we're bong june ho, ho, uh, ho fans over here and parasite's a great movie Par- snow pierce is a great movie um i'm just starting to watch um there's a he's got a couple of his a bunch of his movies are actually on hulu right now and there's one called memories of murder which i heard is either the best he's best movies ever done or just you know among the best he's ever done so i'm really looking forward to finishing that but yeah robert pattinson you know we already know how great of an actor he is and we we can't wait to see how he does in in the batman and then you know bong is just a great director already so i think this will be an exciting team up this will be like martin scorsese and uh leonardo dicaprio we don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh yeah i mean obviously everyone remembers parasite parasite one of the two movies that i've ever seen that are perfect source for me um or that is a perfect score for me yeah it i'm very excited for this robert pattinson is like completely washing away the uh i guess stigma that is twilight and it's cool to see and kristen stewart doing that too i think she kind of needs that one i I haven't seen spencer but people said and she was great in that she kind of needs that one like you know that one film that really takes over the top and then she'll get past it too but cool to see them both um kind of wash away that you know teen vampire stigma yeah, or whatever definitely uh but robert pattinson obviously specifically that because that's who we're talking about obviously he was in uh tenet he was in all right now got cast as the batman and now he's you know uh reportedly going to do a team up with bong joon ho bong joon ho like that's you know great <laughs> dude is living like I, we don't need to yeah. feel sorry for him or anything like that but it is cool to see you know him do that and obviously uh bong is going to be one of those directors where it's like all right what's what's next what's his next film 
Like there yeah. are a few directors like that. Like I, I hate Wes Anderson movies. They're not my style at all. But like that, <laughs> that's one where it's like uh, French Dispatch was his last one that came out. He was already casting for his next film before French Dispatch had even come out. So it's like there are directors like that. And obviously you mentioned Scorsese and there are a few words just like, all right, what are they doing next? Tarantino, you know, those kind of directors. Bong is kind of in that category for me, at least personally, where it's like, yeah. All right, what's he doing next? And now we kind of get news on that after, uh, you know, nothing since Parasite, I think. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see him back in action and, and see Robert Pattinson do stuff other than the Batman because I talked about it with Tom Holland, like the superhero burnout uh, from a acting perspective, I'm sure is very real too. So I think if um, little Bob Pattinson can do uh, uh, you know other stuff besides Batman that that's good for everyone because he won't get burnt out on Batman. But as viewers, we will get more Batman movies and more movies with Robert Pattinson's like true acting chops. So I think it's good news. Um, my trend, uh, just talking about another show real quick. So I was doing a rewatch of how I met your mother previously, and then didn't even realize how I met your father was premiering. Uh, the 18th so a couple days ago or uh, recording this it came out yesterday um so i was in the middle of my rewatch i'm like on season five of how i met a mother so i was like oh i'll just you know watch the first two episodes of how i met your father so uh you know it came out yesterday i watched both of them right away pilots can always be rough like i don't like the office is kind of the universally beloved sitcom or whatever um and I don't think that pilot was particularly strong. Like it really hit its stride in season two. Uh, Well, really season three, but it got better in season two. So it's like, I'm not putting too much stock into this. And it it seems like Hulu or yeah, I guess it's Hulu has already greenlit it for two seasons. So I'll give it the full two seasons before uh, (laughs) I rush to judgment. It's different. Like obviously you can't recapture the magic and how I met your mother kind of left a sour taste in people's mouths. Uh, with the ending like the ending was not popular at all like if you google worst endings in tv show history like how many mothers up there with you know some of the other ones uh other bad ones like uh you know sopranos and and lost and all that stuff but how about your father like it's obviously hillary duff who uh i wouldn't mind uh being her baby daddy um wife's not gonna like baby uh, <laughs> uh but like it, it's obviously her show and she you know pitched a more adult version of lucy mcguire to disney they said no so you know the kind of thought is how i met your father will be her avenue to do a more adult you know take on on a show and whatnot um like it, it's okay like it's just very mm-hmm. okay right now and some people hate it and you know hey like that i can see why and uh, i haven't seen uh, unfortunately i haven't seen many people come to its defense yet it's only two episodes so again i'm not putting too much stock on it it's just very very okay like uh, maybe just very okay not very very okay like it's, it, it's just okay like I, I don't see it going you know, nine seasons, like how my mother granted how my mother went too long. Like, I don't even see it going five scenes. Not that it can't be good. Like there's something there, but it's just like, they're not yeah. hitting it at least through the first two episodes right now. It's, you know, people pointed out, it's like an overly diverse cast. Not that that's a problem, but it's just like, 
there i read a review where it's like oh it's just the show is all check marks like they had to do this like you know there's a, a gay person in there there's a, like all the lists and i was like i mean i don't think that's a problem but i can see why it's just like all right here's a show here's everything we need to do rather than just focusing on the story that makes sense. i hope i'm not coming off like <laughs> you know uh like an idiot or you know uh yeah uh, anything like that but i can no, see I how what you're talking about that would you know be people's takeaway it's like all right there's just like there there's a uh an asian actress in there and she's adopted and she's like yeah like of, of course she's adopted like that, that <laughs> yeah of course she's adopted. It's just like <laughs> yeah. why can't she just little... have like asian parents like it just yeah it, it's just a, a very Oh, like a eclectic, like in a good a good way, but like the, the way they did it is just like very like checkboxy. Like I thought that was a perfect yeah. review of it. It's just like they needed to hit all their boxes, like because obviously How I Met Your Mother is a very white cast, and mm-hmm. you know, so I can it needed some diversity, like very much so. But like they literally every single person is diverse in like one way or another, whether it's you know sexual preference or ethnicity or, or whatever it's just like <laughs> okay like and all right that that's fine but like focus on the story <laughs> like let's get into yeah. the story like why is this even a thing and there is some connected tissue like i guess it's the same apartment obviously it's still new york so it's like you know there's that but i i don't know that the charm will ever be there and that's unfortunate because i do like having your mother even still uh you know past a bad ending and this just seems like another failed uh spinoff and i'm at the point and we've talked about spinoffs on the show i'm at the point where it's like i'm rooting for spinoffs like i want to see a spinoff break the mold break the bad streak and i I just don't think this is this one's gonna be it yeah that sucks because i thought you know i was looking forward to seeing hillary duff come back and have something else break through other than her disney career Uh, i guess it won't be how i met your father yeah, I, I don't think I, it could. It could take a sharp it could upward be. turn like it, it's very early, but yeah, yeah not not the greatest start. You know what we you know, when it comes to shows and especially after, you know, we've seen some great shows over the last, you know, however many years, 20 years, even that you do see a lot of progression after the first after, even like after a full first season, you see it kind of get better. Um Unfortunately, now we're all so, you know, I think even just the the system of it all, it's like we have they have a a short attention span that it doesn't even matter if it can get better. If it doesn't start off great within the first four, first, you know, even three episodes, you know, it's probably just going to get canned, which is which kind of sucks. But but like a show like The Office, when it first when I saw the first season, like because I I wasn't watching it in, in the time that it came out, I watched it after it was on once it came on Netflix and mm-hmm. I watched the first season and I was watching the first couple episodes or so I was like, I don't know if I can watch. I don't know if I can finish this. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Cause it was kind of, it was a little wonky in the first, the first half of the first season, I think. But then as I kept watching, I was like, okay, all right. All right. It does get better. It's funny. It's really, and it's really good. Now I'm a huge ass fan and I've seen every episode a billion times. So I think it is the time that we're in. We're not, like I said, I don't think the show will be able to, to get far enough to get a season two if it doesn't get better within the next two episodes just because that's the time we're in we're just like okay you suck right you know you know your first two episodes suck all right we got to can you right yeah there's there's not much room for error anymore like or not 
really yeah. much room for growth. Like you have to start hot or otherwise like you're, yeah, it's just done. And like, I get it because streaming just makes everything so accessible. So like, rather than watching the newest exactly. show or sitcom on NBC, they'll just go fucking watch the office for the millionth time. So yeah, like, I get exactly. it. Like either there's not much room for error, but it's just like, don't be so quick or short leashed or whatever. Like, you know, let yeah. these shows develop, but it, they're also, you know, probably million dollar budgets. So it's like, you can't yeah, be exactly. throwing millions of dollars down the trash <laughs> yeah. for something that's not sustainable. So true, but that, that I haven't watched it yet, but it is on my list of like all the shows I need to watch. But like, that's why I'm glad Abbott Elementary is like doing so well. It's like we yeah, me too. You know, need, <laughs> you know, sitcoms with like, obviously representation, but like also just good sitcoms to you know say hey like there can be new shit like there there yeah. can be stuff that you know uh is a sitcom but you know isn't shit you've seen before either so uh yeah it's not <laughs> yeah, just checking boxes for the sake of it either right exactly and yeah that's what i was trying to say it's like it does kind of seem like that where it's just like yeah representation is obviously an issue that needs to be addressed and like yeah they, they did a good job of doing that but it's just like it almost seems a little performative. Like right. if they were going to do such a diverse cast, like do a different lead and that's nothing against Hillary Duff, but it's just like, make it make more sense. I, you know, whatever. Yeah. But. I know what you mean. They're just going to cast like a blind Indian woman with the, or a Muslim woman with a hijab and uh, who's diagnosed with mental illness, just <laughs> <and it's all laughs> one person. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's just, yeah, I, I hope it gets better. I'll, I'll watch it throughout this first season but i am not optimistic unfortunately that sucks because i was yeah. going to start it but i do hope it gets better too just for the sake of you know the actors involved <laughs> right yeah for sure all right my, my trend in pieces and it's, it's connected to something i haven't even really heard yet but it's the the song we don't talk bruno i don't know if you've seen encanto have you seen Encanto? no yet? i haven't but that's been everywhere and i don't know well, I, I don't have any knowledge of it but yeah i've seen it all over twitter yeah so yeah, my basically what I'm uh, basically what I got is that it's the highest grossing uh, Disney song since 1995, and Holy it's shit. yeah, so it's the number four song in the country, which is one spot ahead of Let It Go, which was obviously kind of a, a big huge song, <laughs> mega hit. Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> huge ass song. So it's but with this one in Canto, I haven't even. You know, obviously it's on Disney Plus right now, but I haven't seen it yet and I haven't heard the song yet and I don't want to hear it yet just because I want to get the effect when I first see the movie. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see that we got, uh, speaking of representation, there's a, 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 a Latin song out there crushing the charts and killing it, which is unsurprising because it can be, I'm telling you, Latin songs, man, they just blow up regardless. <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't even, it really, you, you can, a Latin song has been number one in the country. I think what, Despacito? Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty big song too but yeah it's 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 cool to see that uh um disney is still managing to crush not even just the box office but <laughs> the fucking music charts which is impressive you know you don't think about movie studios or entertainment studios killing it that and and killing it in two separate avenues like that but yeah it's uh what was the last one i think the pocahontas was the original in 1995 that was the highest grossing one before uh frozen and and uh we don't talk about bruno i don't and i don't even remember the pocahontas song color uh, colors of the wind i don't know how it goes yeah yeah me neither um like what what uh 
what did Bruno do? Because if you remember Luca, like the big thing was like Silencio Bruno. Like, so who the fuck is Bruno and who did he hurt? Because yeah. <laughs> at this point, Bruno done fucked up to the point where like, you know, it's Taylor Swift banger season, but Disney and they're making bangers that are breaking, you know, 20, 30 year old records. Like, <laughs> Bruno done fucked up, but he also gave us Bruno like, you know, years and years more content. <laughs> oh, also, this is a Lynn manuel Miranda song. So this guy is just killing it every fucking chance he gets. Yeah. Just, he, he doesn't ha- he don't miss. Did you watch the uh, the Hamilton Hamilton? I can't talk tonight. The Hamilton uh, thing on Disney Plus. Oh, the Broadway show. Yeah, but like the Disney Plus one. Yeah, I saw the show. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't watch it. I was just curious because I've that's oh yeah, like that's one of his kind of like baby is yeah. You know, I've been listening to that soundtrack to this day. Yeah, he he's done a, a ton of shit. So I'm not trying to say like he's a one hit wonder or anything, but oh yeah, tick tick boom right now with Andrew Garfield. This right. guy's just getting this. Yeah, that's another me. thing I need to watch. Um, isn't he Lin Manuel? Like, he's going for an egot, right? Like he's oh shit, yeah. I think isn't so. he three of the four? I can't remember the last one he's missing. Is it a Tony? I'm sure he has a Tony. No, he has to have a Tony for yeah, he has to. Have I would assume. So, so then he just needs an Oscar. Then I'm assuming. Yeah, because. Oh yeah, I, I think that's kind of the the running joke is like he's working so hard in movies so that way hopefully <laughs> yeah. he gets a, an Oscar yeah. for the song. Or I think something. that's what it is. So that makes sense. So yeah, he he's currently a he's a get. He's an just G E T. He's a get. get. Yeah, I guess so. He's a get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he'll he's, trying to get he's gonna be an EGOT sooner. Like the Academy will literally just give it to him at some point. Uh, yeah. If he <laughs> if he doesn't earn it outright. Like they will just give it to him. But yeah, might as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna have to watch again. Another fucking thing I need to watch, but like it's been on my list. Or it's like, oh yeah, fucking Cantos. I need I need to watch that. Um, and uh, Pixar's Turning Red comes out in the next couple months too. So oh yeah, on Disney, to, on Disney Plus too. Yeah, might have to get back into like a Disney Pixar mode. I haven't seen. I'm kind of sad about that though. <laughs> what that it's that Turning Red going to uh, Disney Plus. Is it going to be in theaters? I assume it's probably day and date. No, I don't think it. They, that's why it's going. To, it wasn't going to Disney Plus at first. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. It was going to theaters and then they just it was exclusively theaters. And then they were like, nah, fuck it. We're going to put it on the platform. I don't like fuck you guys. It's only the Pixar movies, too. Everything else has been in theaters, which I'm, I think is Disney. Disney's like, fuck Pixar. We're going to put your shit on streaming platform. Just bearing our original else, shit. But their own yeah. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, before we get into uh, our review, I did want to mention one thing that I should have mentioned when I was talking about Moon Knight and, you know, it just you know, shows what a terrible host I am. Uh, Gaspard Uliel, I believe is how you say his name. He's an actor in Moon Knight. He uh, will be playing Midnight Man um is his character's name. He unfortunately passed away uh, today, actually, in a skiing accident. Um, so that's horrible you know thoughts and prayers to his family and yeah and everyone you know that he's close with like that that's horrible i mean not to be too like uh i i guess morbid's not the right word but like you know a marvel property can really like make your career go boom (laughs) basically so it's like it, it it really sucks to to lose him but also like you know lose you know what he could have done with this opportunity and obviously 
Absolutely. Marvel's notoriously good with their casting, so it's like he clearly has talent. So it's like you know, it, not that oh God, I am so bad with like yeah. what I'm trying to say tonight, but like it's just yeah. super unfortunate. And, and yeah, it's gonna be like you, you see him if you see him in the show, you're probably just gonna be really pissed <laughs> if he's really good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, damn it. It, it, it's just like. <laughs> Fuck, like the, this guy deserves so much more with his career <laughs> and like he he kind of got his big break with moon Knight, right mm-hmm. and then now he's not going to be able to you know uh yeah fulfill that or anything like that. it's just it's super tragic and i, I did want to mention it because yeah it, it'd be wrong i mean to just blow by right. without mentioning it so thoughts and prayers to his family and super unfortunate uh tragedy that happened but terrible segue but <laughs> let's get into our review um scream scream five scream v five cream <laughs> five cream um 7.3 on imdb and little you know small note there uh tied with the original scream for highest score in the franchise i thought that was oh, kind shit. of interesting so uh, this is an order. Scream 1, 7.3, 2, 6.2, 3, 5.6, 4, 6.2, 5, which is obviously the one we're reviewing today, 7.3. Mm-hmm. So kind of like a, a nice little valley, but now we're getting back to the peak uh, with yeah. the Scream franchise. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I was like, oh, shit. Because I, I liked this movie, just a little preface to, to the review. I, I liked this movie. Yeah, but I was like, I wonder how close it is to the original because I assumed the original, obviously the most beloved, the, the you know the hook to this franchise. I yep. just assumed that would be the highest, and I was like, oh shit, they're tied right now. And you know, this one could fall a little bit. So, Scream, the original Scream, might reclaim the top spot. But I was like, oh shit, that's pretty, uh, <laughs> you know, pretty telling. If the diehard fans, like you said, you know, have viewed this one you know, as good almost as the, the original, but the synopsis 25 years after the original series of murders in Woodsboro, a new ghost face emerges and Sydney Prescott must return to uncover the truth. The OG people are back. Neve Campbell as Sydney Prescott, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, um, Marley Shelton, who was in the fourth one, I believe uh, is in this. Um, I think that's all the returning people. Um, Oh, Heather, uh, I'd say how you say her last name. It's a very Italian last name, Mar- Mazzaro or something like that. She's in this as well. She plays. Uh, oh, yeah. Martha. Uh, Martha, yes. Um, but anyways. Wait, Matarazzo, isn't that that kid's name from uh, Stranger Things? Are they related? I, I, <laughs> I hate Stranger Things. That's like one of my. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like. Uh, no, no, they're not. Minority they're take or like. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? God, I am struggling tonight. But yeah, it's minorities, guys. <laughs> no, fuck. minorities. I'm literally <laughs> going through this episode. Trying to do it. Fuck. <laughs> oh god. Um, no, but I hate Stranger Things. I, I, just, I think it's so yeah. stupid. I, I think it's the most overhyped uh, show out there. It's yeah, but th- that's my like hot taker. Yeah. Uh, not in the majority yeah. but anyways scream um so again like i preface preface this when we first started the show 
like I'm, I'm excited to talk about this because I'm coming at it like from a very uh, unique perspective uh, compared to how I normally approach movies. Obviously, you know, with Marvel movies, I have like the, the deep 28 movie seven show background going into the next film and, <laughs> you know, and all this stuff like, but with this, I, you know, I'm binging it. it it's a, uh, you know, style that I like both with horror and with uh, like whodunits. Um, so it's like, I got really into it uh, even before I really started watching it. So I was like very excited to just see the evolution of these movies. Cause there's now five of them. So it's like, all right, they can't have done just the same thing for five movies. Uh, like there's no <laughs> way. And they, they sort of did, but so, yeah. <laughs> like they, you know, did it in a way where, you know, th- there was still something to say with each one of them. That goes back to your point about commentary. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's like, it, it was the same thing. Like, and because it was so, here's one of our favorite words, because it was so yeah. meta, like it, it just, like it, it made sense. Like it, it was be- more believable. And, right. uh, you know, even before I realized how meta it would end up like in the first and second one, when I'm watching, I'm like, this is stupid, but like in a very believable way, because like Ghostface is running around, falling over shit, like diving (laughs) and like all the stuff. And you're like, this is so stupid. But then you're like, it makes sense because, you know, in in some of these killers that, you know, it's revealed, I won't, you know, spoil anything, but it's like some of the killers are like teenagers or, you know, yeah. Uh, whatever it's like they're not coordinated they're not like assassins like they're going to be falling over shit and yeah. like have uh, non-lethal stabs uh, and like fuck up right they're going to have right. mistakes so it's like it's it just it's believable in a very meta way like it, it it's a very unique franchise and I, I don't know that anyone has quite done it like that because I, I think mm-hmm. Halloween is sort of similar and like it's the same killer coming back granted like halloween's literally the same person and ghostface is just like variations like uh copycats or whatever um but like halloween is just they don't choose to be meta at all and i think i don't know how you necessarily would do that but like they could (laughs) and um that might might not be the best example because halloween predates scream but like it's just cool to see scream be the only one that's really taken that route because there's campy horror movies. I mean, everyone remembers the malignant review and and like, you know, not that malignant's the only one and, or screams the only one, but like there's campy horror movies, but this one's sort of campy, but it's more meta than campy. And like, that's a very unique approach to it. And it kind of does keep it fresh while like you know hitting that commentary and that's really the strong point of these movies it is the commentary like uh the fourth one um i thought the fourth one was going to be the worst of the three i right. liked the fourth one like a decent amount not as much as the first one but and not as much as the fifth one but i liked the fourth one and i thought i'm not going to spoil the killers because they right. you know, even though that movie's 10 years old at this point like the the allure of whodunits is 
trying to figure out who the, the killers were. So I won't spoil it. But like I thought the the rationale for the killer in the fourth one made a lot of sense. Yeah, like it just it, it, it like made so much sense, even though it was a little bit far fetched. Like it just made a lot of sense. So I, I liked that even though it is the same shit happening over and over and over again, they can kind of poke fun at themselves yeah. and, you know, be meta and also um you know like within the own movie uh, i think it was in the trailer um but like sydney prescott answers the phone and she's like uh i'm sydney fucking prescott of course i own a gun like yeah like shit like that it's like of course she's gonna be fucking ready to fucking go if this happens again this has happened four times to her now five times already (laughs) so it's like of course she's gonna be fucking keep that thing on her and be strapped and ready to go so it's like it's shit like that where it's like i appreciate them just being so self-aware that they can keep doing this stuff without it getting too stale and just the meta like uh, episode or not episode four this isn't fucking star wars but like uh the fourth movie <laughs> opens up with like a movie inside of a movie inside of a movie it's just like yeah. right, you're overly <laughs> yeah. meta but like it, it it works and i'm rambling at this point but i just appreciated the franchise and i thought the the fifth movie the one we're reviewing today uh like did well to honor it because it's the, obviously the first movie not directed by wes craven who did you know the first four and, and has passed mm-hmm. since um, so like I thought it, it did a good job honoring what he started and and keeping the same um, you know style and, and idea behind it and I thought it was really good because very easily like these th- types of things can fall off and you know you can argue yeah you know it, it sort of did and it picked back up but like I, I thought even the third one which I thought was probably the weakest and IMDB agrees with me like I thought the third one was yeah. still fine um, yeah, most most people who have seen, I mean, most fans of Scream franchise would probably say three is the weakest, although still entertaining to a degree. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll wrap it up and I'll let you go because I see you're going to, you know, uh, know more about this than I I will. But uh, yeah, like I, I thought it was I, I, you know, had fun trying to guess the killers. And I was obviously texting you mm-hmm. throughout that. <laughs> yeah. And the, the fifth one, once again, uh I was almost correct. In spoilers, I was half right, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but yeah, all that's just to say, like, I, I really did like it. I, you know, watched it and I was like, okay, like that, that was good. Like, I, you know, we usually do, we've replaced our non spoiler section with kind of like our, you know, uh, initial thoughts. Um, and after seeing it, I was like, all right, that, that like that, that was good. Like that, that was, <laughs> you know, I, I was happy with that. And you can't really say that for most fifth installment. Movies. Yeah. Fifth movie. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, I, that, that was like a win in itself. And for that reason, I'm not going to be overly nitpicky or anything like that. Now that you can be with like the Scream franchise, cause it is meta and like, they are self-aware. So it's like being nitpicky yeah. is kind of like a rhetorical <laughs> question almost, but uh it, it, it was good. Like I, I was genuinely happy with it. So uh, what were your thoughts on, on this movie and, you know, how it pertains to the franchise as a whole? Yeah. It was, it was funny that you said like, you, you don't want to be nitpicky because they kind of like mentioned that in the first, in like the first five minutes or something, Ghostface is like, <laughs> you know, they talk about the fact that, you know, why can't you just enjoy, you know, slasher films for what it is or whatever? Mm-hmm. Cause you know, she likes 
elevated horror, which I think was funny as shit that right. they mentioned. The Babadook. <laughs> the Babadook. Have you seen the Babadook, by the way? No. Uh, yeah, I've that, heard like I've wild seen it. things about it. I've seen it and I wasn't that entertained, but I just think it was funny that <laughs> that elevated horror. Yeah, right. they chose the Babadook. And I was like, ah, yeah, I can see. And I, I can understand why I didn't really fuck with it. But anyway, I think this movie was I had, after watching it. I mean, I, once it ended and I was in theaters watching it, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, this was a this was a good time. I, I, I liked it. I mean, there was nothing I really could hate about it. And if and if I did hate it, they probably were making fun of me and I missed it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they, mm-hmm. they 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 mention how audiences are in general already and in, in, in the commentary that they make. But yeah, as a whole, you would think, as a whole franchise, you would think by the fifth film, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be good, or it wouldn't be decent, or we even wouldn't be as effective as it actually ended up being. Um, I think it was a very solid, solid installment in the franchise. I, I appreciate the fact that they brought back legacy characters, um, and then they brought in the new ones, the new guys, and they and they, they kind of focused on you know a new girl, which you know I will say I don't know if I really liked her that much but mm-hmm. still i think the that. story as a yeah i think the story mm-hmm. as a whole was good but yeah for a fifth movie um if you like scream the franchise if you like the scream movies i think you'll enjoy this one uh I, I mean like i really don't have anything bad to say as initial thought as an initial thought but yeah i think it's a good time and i love the kills in the end and and um all the kills across the board i mean but yeah that, that's basically my initial feeling i had a good time not to not to uh uh, not too many issues with it thought it was very solid uh a very solid return yeah def- definitely agree and uh sometimes that's all you need you just need like a good time like you you yeah, just absolutely. need you just need not to be disappointed like the bar is the floor like just, all we're looking for is just not to be disappointed <laughs> and i i think this this movie was safely above that that low bar so yeah um all right we're going to get into spoilers because it is a whodunit. So, you know, I don't want to ruin it for anyone. So spoilers, if you haven't seen it yet. All right. Um, so you just mentioned the legacy characters and obviously uh, that wasn't necessarily a reveal or anything like that. We knew the legacy characters would be back. I, I kind of had it like an issue with it though, because um or maybe you can you know shed some light on this so they talked about like the sure. requel right the i believe her name <laughs> yeah was it mandy or mindy? which i like that term by the way requel <laughs> yeah uh i can't was her name mindy in this mandy um, um ooh, mandy uh is it mandy it is mindy it is mindy 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 okay okay so her character i I need to find out what the fuck that term is. I, I feel like I say it every episode, but it's like what the director uses, what you know, the director uses a character to explain something to the audience. I don't know what that uh, ter- I know there is a term for it, but basically yeah, you're right. she's that that vessel for this this film. She's the one explaining everything to the audience. And obviously that contributes to it being so meta. But she, yeah, she talks about the requel in like the the parameters what a requel needs to follow, like the legacy characters, mm-hmm. but also it following a new crew, group of people. And it's like, yeah, that that like that that scene was was pretty good, and again contributed to the the meta ness of it uh, uh, and whatnot. But like the legacy characters, it, I just feel like we didn't get a ton of them. And yeah, that's true. Like too. this is kind of there. Like it, it it was, you know centered around the the new group but the kind of twist is like the killer 
is targeting that new group because they're all related to the original group. So it's like, I feel like you could have done more with the legacy characters than we got. Like, I thought, I mean, Dewey's, David Arquette, uh, you know, he had the the most screen time, it felt like, in this. And, yeah. you know, he killed it. Like, I thought he was particularly strong in this. Yeah. Uh, kind of like almost like a like a uh hugh jackman and logan vibes like that's honestly how right. it was like this, this is kind of <laughs> like a, a logan vibe we got going on um with, with david arquette in this and i liked it i thought it worked really well uh but it just felt like we didn't get a lot of the legacy characters until like the very end like we don't even see sydney prescott until you know there's like 30 like minutes left it feels like so it, it, and not that we needed like a huge dose of her because again it is you know they explain the parameters as to be a new group of people while still incorporating yeah. legacy characters but it, i was a little little bummed by it i was like i kind of want to see them be a badass about it now we yeah. sort of got that like sydney and, and uh and gail weathers are like all right fuck it let's just go kill them i was like all right like this is what i've been fucking waiting for like they, this shit has happened so much like i, I know they're over it and so it's like, I, I wanted to see more of that where they kind of like flip the script on the killers on Ghostface. Like right. I kind of wanted that. And I felt like, you know, we, there's a little to be uh, left to be desired there. Um, so I was a little disappointed by that, but I thought, you know, the, uh, the performance by David Arquette and just Dewey's character and story arc as a whole was really strong. And this yeah. is probably his best performance in any of the movies, quite frankly, uh, Courtney yeah. Cox is just like there, in my opinion. Yeah. She she delivers some Pretty lines, much. like some some one liners, some zingers, uh, and you know, Neve Campbell is, you know, that's still the face of it. Like after all these years, she's still the face of the Scream franchise, yeah. even though this wasn't really her movie. Um, and then that yeah. takes me to the other point. Uh, God, I don't remember her name. Which one? Uh, Will it? No, it's not Liv. What's the sister's name? Tara or no? The little the sister other, or the older sister? The older Sam? sister. Sam. Is Sam. Why is she not on IMDb? Oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> her picture on IMDb makes her look like a man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like uh, Melissa Barrera is the actress's name, and I'm not like indicting her as an actress. I just don't think she was particularly strong in this. Like yeah, there, I agree. There, and she was kind of the focal point of the majority of the movie. Like the opening scene is like Jenna Ortega in the like the iconic Drew Barrymore role, but like she's not necessarily the. Uh, she survives obviously the opening kill. We're in spoilers. She survives, but she's not ever really the focal point. Like it's always on Tara. Yeah. Uh, no, not Tara. On, no, Sam. On Sam. Sam. So it's like, all right, if she's kind of the main person in this, I would have thought she would have been stronger. Like, I almost would have rather it had stayed on Tara yeah. as opposed to shifting to Sam. And granted, it had to go to Sam because of, of Richie, right? Is the boyfriend's name? Yeah, Richie. Yeah, Richie. So, like, it had to shift. And I understand that. But it's just like, it it just didn't work for me. Like, there, there just wasn't enough there. Like, the... Uh, I guess the initial appeal, if we're only talking screen one here, is like we felt so attached and kind of protective of Sydney because she was the one everyone was going after. 
Whereas in this, it's like no one really ever goes after Sam all that much. Like there's the one scene in the hospital, but after that, it's like Ghostface is really targeting basically anyone and everyone else. So it's like it's hard to ever feel that attachment to Sam. That's just my perspective, and maybe that is nitpicking. After I said I wouldn't nitpick, but that's just kind of how I felt. I was like, eh, you know. No, you're right though, because like when I mean we we're 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 protective of Sydney in the first one because she was a target. But the reason now it makes sense, like why you might not feel like why we, me and you, because I feel the same way, we might not feel that. I feel like her performance worked or that we were not that attached is just because she came into the picture and, you know, just as the sister who was supposed to supposed to be protecting her, her younger sister when, since her younger sister was the victim. And I think we probably would have connected more if the younger sister Tara was that focal point. But like you said, since, you know, since Sydney was the target and, and Sam isn't the target, that's probably why we're feeling this disconnect and why they didn't work with the, with the character. Yeah. Yeah, and I honestly didn't even realize that until I started talking with you. So it's like, yeah. that's one of the reasons I was, you know, so excited to to be able to do this review in the in the manner that we, you know, I was able to coming into this. Um, you know, again, since we're in spoilers, I'll talk about it. I thought the Dewey death scene was pretty, like, good in like obviously yeah, a sad way. It was fucked up. Yeah, like, sad way. <laughs> like not only did he get stabbed, it was like the the front stab, the back stab, yeah. and both knives going up and spilling oh, blood and guts. I, like it was very brutal, but it almost it like had to be because he was a legacy character and not a yeah. legacy character in the in the way that like uh Sheriff Judy was or Deputy Judy was a little like a true yeah. icon in this. And it's like they've survived so much. And he even talks about he's like, I've been stabbed nine times. I have permanent nerve damage. Yeah. Why the fuck would I want to go back? And obviously yeah. he goes back because he feels like compelled to. And then he dies after trying to follow his own rules and do the double tap. So yeah. it's just like or do the headshot or whatever. So it's just like, uh, yeah, zombie land. Zombie um, <laughs> so it's just I, I thought that was really good. And again, that capped off a very, very strong performance by David Arquette. Like that was Again, I just really fucking good. I was like, fuck, like he did not sell out for this. Like he nah. or like he He's sold out for this, like he gave it everything he had, but he wasn't a sellout for this movie and just tried to cash in. So like I, I really appreciated that. And you kind of need that in a fifth installment in a franchise that's this old. Uh, you need yeah. those uh, legacy characters to put just as much into it as they did in the beginning. And David Arquette hit that for sure. Um and that was a pretty sad scene. And, you know, it, it, it made sense because, like, how fucking much can these people survive? Gail has he been also shot has a, twice. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. At this point, if they didn't if they didn't kill any legacy character, I, I think I probably would have been disappointed because, honestly, they have been invincible basically every fucking movie. So, yeah, it was about time, even though it was sad. It had to be Dewey. <laughs> and, and to be honest, like, I, I kind of wanted Sydney to die. Like, it. it yeah. It would have, <laughs> yeah, not like that would have been ex- rooting for it, but like it would have right. made sense because she's finally so far removed from this. She doesn't even live near the town anymore. She's it's been so long since anything like this happened. Um, and mm-hmm. she has a life, she has kids and like a husband and all this stuff. She's so far removed, she has a life she never thought she would have. It would make sense for her to come back and then it just be one time too many. Like, I think that, she should die in the next one. 
so there is going to be next one. That's going to be my next question. I, you know, I, they keep laid out the requel, the requel rules. Yeah. So yeah. You, you think there is going to be next one? Has it already been announced? I do. No, I don't think it's going to be. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't know. I don't think it has been announced, but I know they will for sure. Especially because yeah, I mean, it's made so much money. Yeah, this one's doing so well. It's like they already went back to the well once. They'll do yeah, it again. And there was just a lot of Easter eggs in the movie that was like pointing towards a, another one, which, and you know, these movies never actually end on a cliffhanger or at least hint for a next one. So that's, that's another yeah. thing about this franchise. That's pretty cool. They never like leave a hint like, okay, we're coming back. Right. So that, I think that's a, I think we'll definitely see a sixth one. Yeah. And uh, I think she might and, die if she does come back. And that was going to be my next thing. It's like, I like, how you know speaking of the direct director using a character to explain to the audience um you know richie jack quaid you know his character is obviously you know one of the killers Mm. um not the one i got right i didn't see the okay like okay so i i saw amber the best friend comic because yeah it, it was early early on when uh tara's in the hospital after the initial attack and amber's by her side and yeah it was kind of just like an educated guess without like real concrete evidence but i was like <laughs> sure th- this seems like you know who it would be because typically these movies are like you know your first guess is typically the correct guess where it's like right you know they make it very obvious at the beginning and then the, they kind of lay groundwork for why they might be innocent but then it turns out to be them anyways yeah. so <laughs> yeah so like that i was like oh this is her she's so fucking all up uh tara's ass like this is yeah exactly and like the (laughs) the the initial kill was like oh i'm gonna kill amber but of course amber's fine so it's like yeah this was i I, you know had that sense but i didn't get the boyfriend didn't get richie only because i was already so locked in on amber but again yeah i should have followed the requel rules there's always two killers i'm an idiot yeah should have fucking listened to Dewey, <laughs> and then the rules that the Dewey, yes, yeah, Dewey. <laughs> yeah. So you know that's like how he said it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I was half right. Um, but back to my point, uh, Richie w- was saying, like, you know, ev- uh, the stab movies are always, always obviously how they get meta within the screen movies. Um, but right. like stab eight, I believe they're on is like is it like a disrespect to the franchise and uh <laughs> like just basically he's a crazed fan yeah. who wants to give the franchise more content and that's why he does it and i was like that's so stupid but also makes so much sense it makes sense yeah exactly and i i just appreciated that and i was like okay like I, that so yeah dumb yet something that would actually happen in like the real world and that just, yeah again contributes to the meta nature of this of this franchise it's just like holy fuck like so stupid so simple but like makes perfect yeah. sense and that's the and when i first watched it i was like for me the motive i almost had this was my issue was like the motive was was not that good but then i thought about it and i was like oh shit never mind and then i was thinking about all the shit they talked about i was like okay never yeah it, it's it's stupid or it's, it's 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 not that great but then i was like given a deeper thought it just makes so much sense and i think that's one of the clever points that they made because what you go you go online and you see just how fucking absurd some of these fans are some aggressive aggressive they are towards certain franchises right they're like Jesus Christ, relax. So you could definitely believe that two motherfuckers or a bunch of motherfuckers would just come up and be like, "We're going to give you guys better source material, Hollywood, and show right. you guys how Take to it really into their fucking own hands. do it." <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, like yeah, unfortunately, so that's something that happens. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it makes sense. You don't think it makes sense, but when you think about it and you realize it, all it the discourse and shit, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And did my, you like, catch? Go ahead. I wanted to know. Did you catch? Um, they said this was the stab eight in the movie. They were talking about stab eight, like it was a dis- like you said disgrace. Did mm-hmm. you catch who they said directed it? I did not. So it was really quick, but they mentioned it was the director of Knives Out. And you and I, oh, know. And if you're shit. in the movie space, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. So so for those who don't know, Ryan Johnson is the director they're talking about. Made a great movie called Knives Out. But in this universe, you know, Stab 8 uh, is directed by Ryan Johnson. And if you guys don't know, there's a movie in the real world that got trashed <laughs> that Ryan Johnson directed. And I think it was Nick's one of the, he, he loves this movie. It was the Last Jedi, right? <laughs> Holy fuck. I didn't even put two and two together. <laughs> so The in Last the Jedi eighth, is directed by Ryan Je- in, in the eighth movie. Yep. Is Son of a bitch. Last Jedi. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, man. I thought that was so genius. When I, I caught this shit like last night, I was like, they made a Ryan Johnson reference. Then I looked it up. I was like, oh, shit. It's episode eight, too. <laughs> That's such a fucking high <laughs> IQ move. Yeah, they're fucking genius. Whoever's like, idea you, that was. You just have to appreciate that. Like, man, that like that's yeah. that's a throwaway thing. It, it's almost like the very different movie here, but like the Tropic Thunder kind of throwaway things where it's like they're clearly poking fun at like the, the movie trailers at the beginning of the movie posters. It's like, yeah, you know, read them because they're poking fun. And like that's kind of the same uh you know, strategy or same method that was used here. God, that I'm glad you pointed that out because I'm now I'm sitting here. I'm like, you those motherfuckers. Yeah. Okay. Because like, it further it further advances the point of the toxic fandom that they're talking about. Right. <laughs> Man. <laughs> That's the shit bitch. I'm talking about. Like on a rewatch, you're like shit. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna catch some shit on the second or third watch. I'm annoyed. <laughs> like that's, that's really good. They were like, "Oh, I, it was the director of Knives Out." <laughs> and, and again, like it just goes to show, like how they, you know, approached this with effort. And yeah, it wasn't they cared. Just on, yeah, on the on the on the part of the you know people acting, like the legacy characters. It was involved, you know, from the start, from the script, from Jump Street. Like it, it you know, they wanted to put effort into this and not just make it some other sequel it was a requel like they had to yeah, yeah. make it so meta and throw in those things like the the ryan johnson thing to draw in a new generation of audience and you know get them going back to rewatch the original stuff but also mm-hmm. presumably for what comes next so man yeah th- that's that's good shit um one one last nitpick thing for me i thought yeah. like the uh uh it was just a little bit too much of a coincidence how they knew uh sam was billy oh, Lewis's oh, daughter yeah. just like a little there um you know, amber <laughs> yeah, says okay. oh it's a small town yeah and your drunk All right, mother and like, shit like that <laughs> eh, that's a little nah yeah i, I don't that, yeah that don't add up <laughs> right but that that's a small minor detail that like i just don't really care to you know invest that much thought right. into but you know, it was just like all right whatever and then you know show goes on 
type thing. But uh, also, in, to take it back to my initial point with Mindy explaining the rules of the requel, uh, she uses a perfect description for this franchise. I, I believe she says meta thriller slasher films. And mm. that's that's exactly it. They are, yeah, and, and I would say meta thriller slasher whodunits, but yeah, like that's oh, true, <laughs> you know, that that's what these films are, and it's like they're not, yeah, the, there's obviously you know, blood and guts and stab wounds and stuff, but it's not like uh, excessive or um, gratuitous or anything like that. Like, you know, it's right. within reason of the parameters of getting stabbed, right? And yeah. you know. I don't know. I, I just feel like these movies are like kind of a good introduction to for people looking to, you know, possibly get into horror films. Oh, yeah, it, very true. It, it, it's like it's horror in the fact that, like, I think the scary part about this is it, it's realistic. Like, someone could literally mm-hmm. just dress up and go killing people and become a serial killer. And like we talked about, there could be crazed fans who just take it too far. Yeah. Like, we see that now right yeah and so it's like this is also and but it's also not like demonic or you know there are jump scares but again it's not gratuitous it's just like a surprise and right you know caught you lacking type thing like it, it you know it, it's a very uh natural segue into uh into horror films and uh, so i yeah i have no problem I recommending the, these uh, any of these films to to people looking to you know dip their toe in the water and whatnot and i, I think it holds up pretty well because it's a good franchise it's not like like if we you if anyone was to recommend halloween it's like all right which ones do i need to watch oh well you can skip this <laughs> this scream yeah. it's like no you you can watch all of them and you know yeah generally be fine it'll be all right that's true i just that, that, i didn't think about it like that it's like if you are somebody who's never really gotten into heart or, or you or you're even thinking about getting into it i do think this would be a really solid introduction just because it also doesn't take itself too seriously. So you're not worried about, you're not too worried about being scared, but it's, it's weird to say it's lighthearted, but it's because it's not, but it's just got a light tone to it. It's <laughs> just like be, the, yeah, the meta, the meta nature of these films kind of takes the edge off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's kind of how I, I view it. It's like, it takes the edge off. Yeah. So it's just uh, easier to watch than like your, your true thriller or your true uh, slashers or anything like that. Yeah. It's like the self-awareness of it is like the tequila that you need to warm <laughs> <Right>. up. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's the Terramana. Yeah. It's the Terramana. <laughs> oh man. Um, any final thoughts before we give our scores? Oh yeah. I, I wanted to, I wanted to point out something. Oh yeah. I, I, put, I point out a couple of things actually. Uh, I did like the fact that, I think the made the first twist came out right out of the gate, which I didn't even expect was the fact that uh, um, uh, damn, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Billy Loomis was from the first one. He and he has like a cameo in this movie, and I had no idea that they were going to bring him back in that capacity yeah. and like make him, you know, sort of be actually be the father of the the uh, of Sam, which I thought was a pretty good pretty good twist. And the fact that they even thought about that, I think if I don't know if I would have brought him in so much made it look more hallucinogenic in a sense if that made sense because i already know she was hallucinating but i probably would have maybe cut back on the use of him but i still think that was a brilliant thing to to uh, to have him come back in that form and make him con- and, and bring this character and make it a connection to the first one i thought it was a good idea uh 
also the name uh wes <laughs> for the kid uh D- the guy dylan minette oh yeah uh was he in uh 13 reasons why or yeah. was that somebody else yeah he yeah was the main guy so yeah so i thought it was cool that they named him wes since the wes craven is the director um uh sam also loomis loomis is another connection to halloween the the doctor and loomis the doctor's name is loomis in the first halloween movie uh sam loomis is also the name of a character in psycho which is a scene they mentioned in the movie <laughs> and there's a, a scene like that in the movie where he's in the shower uh oh, yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of good shit in there if you they even it, say have you seen you, psycho or it goes yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> have you seen psycho and they got a legit character named sam loomis from psycho and then oh her name carpenter that's what her name is carpenter uh the the main girl her she switched the name because she didn't want to take the billy loomis name she just switched it to carpenter and obviously if you know halloween again that's john carpenter the director so it's a lot of little easter eggs like that oh did you catch this easter egg though that uh somebody from the fourth movie is alive uh okay hold on hold on yeah who do you you think is oh i'm trying to remember who could it be because i remember i don't think this is who you're talking about but like before this movie had come out everyone's like yeah. oh i wonder if um i don't remember the actor's name but do yeah uh, matthew every, every, yes yes matthew lillard thank you everyone's like oh you know i wonder if Stu mocker's alive like maybe he was just in jail this whole time and like they never mentioned it. yeah so i was kind of hoping yeah th- that would have been cool but like I- i'm sort of glad they didn't because that would have been mm-hmm. just a little too cheap I guess. Um, yeah. So not that like they made the most creative method to to get new killers yeah. in this one, but um, <laughs> all right. So fourth one. But the fourth one, yeah. The only character I remember from the fourth one that's specific to the fourth one was Officer Judy. Okay, but this is one of the. It's a female. It is a female that that they said is alive. I'm trying to even fucking remember who the. No, no idea. Who? No, it, uh, Hayden Panettiere, uh, Kirby. Oh shit! If so, I, yeah, I was thinking that, but I, I thought she definitively died in the last one. Yeah, there's a, and when they show that YouTube clip, there's a video, uh, a little like real briefly. It's like on the side. It says interview with the survivor of whatever Kirby or something like that. So, chances are she could she could come back in the in the sixth one. Or anybody could come back really we don't know hmm. interesting yeah i i saw i saw the name kirby maybe it, was, it must have been on twitter but i was like i feel like i just heard the name kirby somewhere but i had binged them so it's like i didn't yeah differentiate but interesting so yeah it definitely does seem like they're leaving the door open for more and like you said because this one has done so well it seems logical almost that they would do yeah more. from a from a financial standpoint i know studios right. are like yes <laughs> right because I, I have to imagine these movies aren't that much to make like the majority of the budget probably goes to the legacy characters yeah. i would imagine so well, yeah more than likely yeah but yeah i i liked it um i will still give the initial one the the first movie a higher score um but this one, you, can, do you think you could you rank them right now? And rank them? Yes, I can definitely rank yeah. them. So, well, like, so uh, okay, well, from like, uh, I don't know, best to worst. <laughs> yeah. So the best one is the original. Um, 
I would probably put this second. Okay. Um, the so the second one, I I think is the one I have the most trouble like rating because for a long time, like it like the second one obviously made the most sense for it to be happening again, right? Because yeah. obviously the first one it's happening for the first time and then everything else that's happening after the second one, excuse me. So like it made the most sense for it to be happening again, but it felt like they kind of leaned so much into that, that it kind of lost itself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think now like with the fifth one, the crazed fan thing works a little bit more. Whereas like the second one and the fifth one have similar motives in the sense that like all right well this is a spoiler for the second one like where <laughs> timothy oliphant's character has the same motive as uh jack quaid's character where it's like they're just fans trying to do right, right by the you know by the franchise or whatever by the stab franchise that is um mm-hmm. and but it felt like it leaned so much into that Whereas like, you know, with Scream 5, there's fucking eight franchises and there's there's the eighth that was just completely different and a disgrace. So it made sense for <laughs> it was a, a natural trigger, whereas the um, the second one. But anyways, like I, I thought the twist of the second one with it being again, spoiler, Billy Loomis's mother. I was like, oh, OK, like she just wants revenge, like just sheer revenge. Yeah. She's not trying to go on a necessarily big killing spree but she needed to cover her tracks. So she did need a real ghost face and that's why she hired him and da, 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 da. Um, so I, I liked the twist, but I didn't like the movie as much. So honestly, I, I liked four quite a bit. Like I, yeah, I don't okay. know where that ranks on most people's rankings, but I, so long story short, I would go one, five, four, two, three. Okay. Cause I, I thought the, one, five, four, two, three. yeah, the, it being the director Oh God, so many spoilers, but it being yeah. the director in, in the third one, like made sense. But like the, the brother, I was like, oh boy, like we are getting so cliche here. Like the, the abandoned brother and not yeah. that like it was a stretch for the mother <laughs> to have been a whore, but like, uh, you know, it, it was just like, oh boy, here we go. And it was just very that one was the most campy of the bunch and that's probably why i liked it the least but it seems like it's kind of in my rankings are kind of in agreement with imdb so yeah one five four two three and oh but my rating for this one would probably be uh i'll give it an 81 okay yeah which i think is solid for a horror movie yeah Solid, yeah, especially for a fifth for a sequel, fifth sequel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would probably from from my ranking at least, I would say one. I do really enjoy four. Four caught me. I don't know why four caught me off guard so much, but four it was surprisingly better than I really expected to. Yeah. Um I would probably say one, two, four, five, and three. Which I mean, okay. like I think a lot of people would put four as the second or third. So I think we're like, we're kind of like in the same realm of how most people of the fan base would, would uh, say. Yeah. I liked four a lot. Yeah, I did too. 
yeah, I liked where they went to, and I kind of wasn't even really thinking too much yeah, about I'm, it. I'm gonna when I watched swap. It. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm gonna swap four and four and five now that I'm thinking about it. I'll go one, four, five, two, three, and I'll drop my okay. score a couple points. I'll go. I'll just say seventy nine. So just below that eighty threshold. Seventy nine. Okay. Okay. But anyways, yeah, for, floor is yours. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, in terms of my ranking, I mean, uh, in terms of my score, uh. Huh. Uh, I had a, yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. I feel like this could fluctuate too a little bit. I, I could probably go after a couple more rewatches. I might either you know raise it or so. But it's I think I would go seventy nine. I would go like, seventy nine as well though. You motherfucker! Uh, <laughs> it's much easier it's to compare <laughs> to compare and contrast these films because they are very similar. Because it is the same thing happening over and over again. Not necessarily always the same reason, but it's the same thing happening over and over. So it's like the way they go about it throughout each individual film, like it's yeah. very easy to kind of compare and contrast. So that's why, you know, I can be like, compare it to the fourth one and be like, okay, you know, they did this in the fourth one. They did this in the fifth one. I liked what they did in the fourth one a little bit better. So I'm going to drop my score a little bit. Um, yeah. Well, you know so. what? I'm going to go 80 once. <laughs> okay. That's my official score. All right. <laughs> 81. 81 from Fox, 79 for me. Uh, all this to say, yeah, Scream franchise, definitely one worth watching. I, I, you know, the third one, the third one was the lowest for you as well, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I probably gave that somewhere in the mid 50s. So it's like, okay, not great, but like, yeah, still fine watching. That's kind of how I felt about it yeah you know how i view these movies i kind of put them on the same level as i watch uh the final destinations franchise or saw like all of those movies might not be you know high quality but you can still be fairly entertained with each one and i don't even really care how you rank them either because i mean i would agree with any ranking you put just because that's how entertained i am by each one but yeah that's kind of how i view view scream yeah i I like even if i do think three is yeah, even if I do think three is the worst one, I could still say I um, I can be entertained by it. Yeah, I was entertained by it. It's just like the it wasn't as it's uh, a word like uh, polished. Well, I can understand. I can tell you yeah, why it wasn't polished. polished. <laughs> why is that? It had to, uh, the the original writer was uh, was was knocked off that one. And uh, there was a whole bunch of rewrites that somebody came in and they were writing the script while they were filming. So. They didn't. So a lot of the actors didn't know what was happening until the script was done that day or that moment. So that's a yeah. that's a big reason why. <laughs> yeah, not the best method of uh, <laughs> you know procedure. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, this is SNL. Let's keep <laughs> let's write it right." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but all right. Yeah, eighty-one for Fox, seventy-nine for me. Eighty composite score for Major Motion Podcast for Scream, Five Cream. Uh, next week. I don't fucking know. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> we have to decide. There's not really anything coming out, uh, which isn't a bad thing. It gives us an opportunity to, to branch out, maybe do a streaming, maybe do a throwback, maybe do a fan vote. I don't know. Um, so be on the lookout for that on Twitter. We'll announce that sometime in the next couple of days. Uh, so be sure to follow us at Major Motion Cast on Twitter for that announcement. And, uh, you know, watch the movie or rewatch the movie perhaps uh, for next week's review. Uh, But we are going to end this episode the way we end all of our episodes and do our streaming recommendations. Uh, I'll go first tonight, just in the off chance that you uh, cuck my streaming recommendation. 
Uh, I'm going to recommend the movie Hush. I don't know if you've seen it, Fox. Um, Oh, I have, yeah. Uh, kind of similar uh the the premise is, is very simple it's a deaf woman who lives in a secluded home she's uh uh like kind of hunted by a stalker who's just kind of toying with her and messing with her um it's you know kind of like a thriller not to uh it's not like a slash to the point like some of the screams are but like you, you do get some slasher vibes a little bit uh but it is kind of more of a thriller in the under the horror umbrella. Uh, I, I thought it was really good. Uh, like, there's not much else I can say about it. It's a very straightforward plot, like I said. Um, it's just kind of this psycho killer is, um, you know, fucking with <laughs> this, uh, you know, not helpless woman, but like deaf woman who just doesn't yeah. see it coming. And uh, he's also wearing a white mask, similar to Ghostface. So like, I was like, oh, that's, you know, kind of a, a logical segue there. So uh, yeah, I recommend Hush. It is streaming on Netflix. I give this an 84 out of a hundred. That's the good one. I almost forgot about that one, but yeah, that, I, I really Solid. like that one too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll have to watch that one again. <clears throat> uh, my recommendation actually is directed by Wes Craven. I think it just came out on this platform, but it's on Hulu. It's called Red Eye. Uh, starring Rachel McAdams and Killian Murphy, I believe is, is how you pronounce his name. Yep. But uh, have you seen that movie, Red Eye? I have not seen it. No. It's a, it's a, it's so it's a basically just a, a really good thriller film. It's, you know, you can call it mediocre. It can be, it's one of those like thriller films where it's like you could say it's mediocre, but you can, you're so captivated by the performances. You're like, okay, I, or the story itself. You're just like, oh, I'm, I'm all in. And it doesn't even matter how cheap it feels or whatever it is. But yeah, it's on Hulu. Basically, just a, a hotel manager played by uh, Rachel McAdams is held hostage by uh, Killian Murphy, just like really subtly too, like held hostage. But uh, and she's threatened by the potential murder of her father, and she's pulled into a plot to assist her captor in a political assassination. So, considering this is Wes Craven, you know, there's a little bit of the subtle humor in it that you that you that you might uh, miss, but really entertaining. Uh, simple and effective movie. I don't think they make movies like this anymore, which I kind of wish they did. Just a plain, straightforward, simple and effective thriller um, right. that you can enjoy. And, and I think if if you like simple and effective, I think you'll enjoy this one. I give this one a 79. That's how I got my wife to marry me. Just, I'm simple and simple effective. And effective. <laughs> that, that was, yeah, that's that was my pitch. Nothing flashy, but I get There you go, baby. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh man so uh watch red eye on hulu and watch hush on netflix streaming recommendations of the week fox you got anything else for the listeners before we head out and uh leave them to their movie viewing experiences yeah you know like scream says you never know it could be anybody in your friend group (laughs) check your love interest yeah keep your keep your friends close keep your enemies closer <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, man, wash that's all ass, I got to say. Because yeah, no one wants to die ass. with the dirty ass. Yeah, oh man. Can you, <laughs> can you imagine? imagine if you shit yourself? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> just even if I if I'm not dead, just kill me. <laughs> I'm not trying to, <laughs> yeah. not trying to, to go through all Yeah, that. exactly. Just yeah, just stab me right here because I don't yeah, want to show people this. Like it is uh, it is over. <laughs> I don't want any part of this. All right. <laughs> 
that does it for this episode. Again, follow us on Twitter at Major Motion Cast to be on the lookout for next week, uh, the announcement for next week's movie review, uh, whatever movie it may be streaming or new to streaming, uh, new movie release to streaming or throwback review or just general fan voted. Be sure to look out and possibly vote on that. Follow Fox on Twitter at Fox Home Fanatic, myself at National Ace. This has been a Major Motion Podcast and we will see you next week.